One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll, the Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains-like clues. We're seeing this in the viral Sleepy Girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers. They're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. Y- you got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. 
cut it off unless I was engaged. Sorry. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Oh, no. Oh, yes. The Women Tell All. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, traditionally the worst rated episode of the season, but I will say, especially in recent years, and definitely tonight, the level of play at the Women Tell All has been elevated to such a degree because every player knows this is it. This is my final chance to show the producers that I may deserve an invitation to sand, to paradise, to potentially 100,000 or more Instagram followers, especially this season. They've all been off the show for a minute. They're watching it back. They're seeing what's happening to Instagrams, and it's not great. All of these players know this is it. If I want to get any Instagram out of this, I have to go to paradise. I have to make it happen tonight. This, I mean... I can't say I ever hated it as much as some people like really hate the woman to all, but the woman to all has been elevated to a point that it's becoming one of my favorite episodes. And I took an hour after the show ended to get on this zoom. Cause I just like, I wrote down every line. I was like, every player is like, do or die. I got to get in there. I got to shit on Shanae. I got to make my splash. Yep. And some are much more effective than others. And everybody had their strategies coming in. And one of the biggest strategies was like you said, everybody wanted to get a piece of Shanae. You got to sink your teeth into that fucking, that one attack at least once. Like everyone throw a stone. Cause she's universally hated and they've all seen that hate carry over into social media. So -hmm. they know that the fourth audience is on their side too. This is a no brainer for them. So all these players just fucking went out for her. (laughs) The fourth audience have been throwing their little, little pebbles all season at her. (laughs) All of the internet talk, all of the Instagram talk, the DMS we're seeing social media be piped into the game. Now in a way the producers can't control. And like I said, that social media reaction is also why you saw them coming so hard at Shanae. We're also seeing some investigations going on. It felt like we were watching a courtroom, like a wild yes. courtroom where the judge is like a little nervous to be there. It's <laughs> <And like, laughs> just like a little bit more wholesome than everyone else who is there. Yeah. <laughs> Ju- the judge is Dark Lord Palmer. Of, of course. course. <laughs> okay. Like, ladies, um, if we could, we do have to go to a commercial. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in that one part that you're talking about where I believe it was was it Hunter or Lindsay who stood up to like extract the final truth from Clayton about if he cried. Well, oh, oh fuck. well, I the stand that I can remember, the stand that stood above them all was Genevieve Parisi's stand. Unreal. But she's going to get Shanae raising one arm straight in the air. Yeah, may I speak? May I speak? The arm hurt around the world. <laughs> Listen, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, okay? I'm sorry. So obviously... Tonight was action-packed. A lot of huge plays. We cannot wait to get to them. And just some strange stuff as well all throughout. We're going to cover it now. Wait, before what we came here to do, we also came here to issue a quick bit of business. We are doing a sanctioned book signing April 2nd. That's a Saturday at 3 o'clock p.m. at Skylight Books in Los Angeles. Go to skylightbooks.com for more details. That should be a pretty fun one. Uh, No security guards Mm -hmm. that we know of, at least no security guards that will be hostile toward us. They'll be on our side. Exactly. So we hope you can join us. But now, Pace Case, let's break down this woman tell all. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present 
analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. Tonight, says DLP. And then we see the the uh, intro, the little teaser. We see Sierra's going to be going at Shanae. We see him then say on a very special episode of The Bachelor. We see the word biatch is going to be used again, brought back because it did very well in the show. And we saw that uh, <laughs> Sierra probably on Instagram got like some praise for it. So she's going to bring back her catchphrase. We see straight attacks on Shanae and Cassidy who will get in a zinger. The dick was good. I wasn't going to cut it off unless I was engaged. I mean, maybe my line of the episode. Uh, pretty iconic. Also, we see really good fa- face play from a bunch of different players. But it seems like the focus is going to be on Shanae. And I would say that is what the focus was. Oh, absolutely. And we see Clayton also is going to get attacked in the end here. And then we get a teaser for the Fantasy Suites coming up. Ultimate Viking falling in love with three women. We've seen that many times. He has to hurt people. He doesn't want to. He storms off into the night. Teddy's crying. Accusation of lies. It looks like uh, also Shanae at the end of this is going to not be apologizing. That's what they're teasing at the end of this (laughs) teaser. (laughs) And then DLP says, and it starts right now. And so we begin portion one. DLP comes in, enters the live studio audience. And this is our first look at DLP in control of a live show. We have not seen him do this. This is a part of what a host must do every season of our beloved game. And we've never seen him do this. It's way harder. You only get one take. Only get one take. You're reading off a teleprompter. You, in some cases, are having to interact with the players or, you know, in in the case of season 24, potentially players' parents at an after the final rose or something. There's a lot of moving parts to this. Anything can happen. You got to be quick on your feet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'll render my opinion until we get through this recap. But I thought he looked comfortable on stage in the beginning. And I thought that he could read a teleprompter very well. He's been doing this for some time. He looked correct in that chair to me. He looked correct in that chair. Oh, boy. Yeah. He didn't look nervous or anything. You know what I mean? (laughs) He didn't look like a woman or like... (laughs) I'm not saying that. I mean, he looked comfortable in the chair. He looked like he felt like he should be there. Yes, I will agree with that. Tasha, I thought, did too by her second season. Caitlin, to me, always felt a little nervous looking. Disagree. She's good at everything. I'm not saying she wasn't good. I'm just saying... She's the goat. He looks like somebody who's hosted shows before. Here's... Something we see right off the bat, which I would like to discuss. We see a fake sign that says, Jesse, welcome back. And this is basically saying, remember, Jesse was the bachelor. He's been in bachelor family this whole time. And I feel like there's been this evolution of the signs where at first they were just like, Team Corinne, like, yes. uh, make America Corinne again. And now it's, Jesse, welcome back. I feel like it's the producers, what they want Bachelor Nation to be feeling in this moment. They have put on a Oh, my God. Wait, wait until we get to another sign that the, the producers have planted in the audience a little bit later. They're using the signs to kind of navigate the own narr- the narrative they've set up. To tell the na- their narrative. It is... It's bizarre at this point. The signs are literal propaganda. And the one that comes later, holy shit. But I agree with you. This was off-putting. And then they attempted a joke when DLP walked out. They put a Chiron under him that says, not Clayton Eckerd. How dare they? How dare they? And this is the first taste you get that they are going to turn DLP into a fool. He's getting a fool edit from the (laughs) get-go. 
It's unfucking real to me. I mean, I had been waiting for it. I knew we were going to see this clip. You did. I didn't think they'd do it. I I told you we talked about it yeah. many times, and I was like, I'm waiting for it. I can't see them not doing it because it's just this. We'll get to it. I know <laughs> there was so much. I know this. If you haven't watched this episode, go watch it before you listen. We see not Clayton. <laughs> uh, introduce. We have all our favorite women and even Shanae and the audience boos. Is that real? The audience booing? Yeah. I don't know. It could be. It could not be. Right. There's one of two truths here. You know what? I assumed it was real, but you're probably right. Dang it. Tricked again. Okay. Let's even say it's not. Either way, horrible here by the producers. Yeah. They should cut it out. They either tell the audience to boo when she comes out or they put the sound in so that we, the fourth audience, think that she was booed. Either way, they're doing this to make her look like shit. Or the audience booed naturally and they include it in the cut, whatever. They want the boos to be in there. And Dark Lord Palmer here says, it's the most dramatic finale ever. That's right. I said it. And I was like, whoa, DLP, right out the gate. I said it. That's literally what I was waiting for him to then next do is pull out a champagne flute and go, ting, ting, ting. Yep, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Maybe in the future. Then DLP introduces all the women who are there. We got 17 players tonight. Claire Heilig, Kate Gallivan. Hunter Hogg, Jill Chen, Elizabeth Corrigan, Marlena Wesh, Cassidy Timbrooks. I like that you're testing yourself on this. I just wrote their first names down. <laughs> Kira Mengistu, Eliza Isachi, Shanae Ankney, Sarah Hockaday. Is that right? This is a horrible game. <laughs> it's fun to me. It's fun. Lindsay Wyndham, I think. Mara... Oh, shit, I don't remember her last name. Sierra Jackson, Genevieve Parisi, Teddy... Oh, I can't remember Teddy's name, man. Serene Russell. I can't remember Teddy. Teddy Wright, Teddy Wright, Teddy Wright. Real quick, yeah. we got a couple little gifts when he said their names, which I appreciate I appreciate the subtle play. Marlena did like this thing where she waves her hand in front of her face when her name is called. Love that. And then Teddy gets the first words. What was it like to meet Clayton? DLP says, and every woman till all opens with this. They'll throw to a couple of players to say, what was it like your first night walking out of the limo, meeting the guy? And it's always like, he's so hot. It was incredible. It's always a fan favorite. 100% of the time. Yeah, always a fan favorite. But then a couple other players will be thrown to as well. And here after Teddy says he was hot, Cassidy then says it. And so does Mara. And then... DLP introduces the drama reel. This is essentially going to be a villain reel. Full recap of all villainous activity. Even Claire Heilig's night one. She's thrown into this mix. And then we see Cassidy Timbrooks is featured. We see the Friends with Benefit is mentioned in her little portion. And of course, Shanae is then featured as Cassidy 2.0. And we're seeing everyone's heads in boxes. Are, they're watching this as it's playing back. The other women are literally, once again, they're watching themselves cheer as Shanae was eliminated. And they are cheering in the live studio audience at themselves cheering for her elimination. It was like one of the most dystopian, <laughs> just fucking snake eating its own tail, hollow of mirrors fucking reality weirdness that we now live in i loved it absolutely fucking loved it yeah that's very hunger gamesian by the way did you notice in shanae's part of that villain edit 
they showed her doing a couple things to show aggression. One of them was a group date hooju, and one of them was a football tackle, which is like, can you believe she tackled when they made us play tackle football? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so then Kate Galvan tries to get in a pre-prepared zinger immediately after the reel. It says, Shanae, did somebody lock you in a closet when you were a little kid? So she's... I would have worked on that one. Yeah, not a great joke to make fun of abuse, especially child abuse, just right <laughs> out of the gate. I mean, you know, it'll luckily be forgotten because there was a lot of like explosive stuff happening in this episode, but uh, I would have given that an error. Don't usually think that's the type of thing you'd want to joke about, uh, especially when so much of what this entire night is going to be about. So many of the attacks that will be thrown against Shanae will be anti-bullying attacks. Uh, Shanae does a little general defense. You guys are all fake. You all played Clayton. You weren't there for the right reasons. I'm not going to apologize. And she pretty much sticks with this thesis the whole time. Yeah. We get some more, you know, pre-planned lines. Jill, budget ass, Meryl Streep. Sierra, did you fake an apology? You lied to his face. Call me a bitch to my fucking face. You won't do it because you're a little ass bitch. Right. So she does it. <laughs> Is bitch good or bad? I, I don't know. Also, <laughs> the fact that she's like, you won't do it. I'll do it, though. Here, yeah, you know, like, it's like, so I don't understand what you want at this point, but this is where we see that Sierra really takes her first shot at the entire identity she is going to present tonight, which is constant offense, constant offense, constant offense in every situation against mm-hmm. every target. Even when there's no target, she will find someone to go on the offensive. Even when Dark Lord Palmer is uh, <laughs> introducing something unrelated. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. And, you know, we expected this to kind of be what she was going to do tonight because this is really what she did during yeah, the season. Kind of like an Aaron Clancy style, constant rivalries with everyone. Right. And also, you know, she takes uh, these opportunities to really take the lead if it's a group attack or someone else starts the attack she'll kind of step in and hijack it to become the leader of that attack Mm -hmm. every time. And we see it here for the first time. Yeah, I'm curious how her numbers will do from this because like she did get a lot of screen time. She did get a lot of really good one-liners. I don't think anyone's numbers are going to move really at all from it. Hmm. We'll see. I'm curious. Yeah. But DLP calms all the players down and takes them back to the beginning. Yes. Why do you think they aired Women Tell All first? I think it's to try to get everyone to watch Women Tell All and be like, fuck, I thought it was going to be Fantasy Suite. So then they have to tune in Tuesday also. But no one will tune in Tuesday. This is like a mistake I think they made. Mm. The Women Tell All is traditionally the lowest rated episode of any season. And they aired it on Monday night. Monday night's the only chance you have to get an audience for The Bachelor. They should have put Fantasy Suites there and just written off The Women Tell All because nobody's going to watch it anyway. Because people are planning our schedules around this. Exactly. People, they fucked themselves twice. We're going to Santa Barbara. Oh, we are? <laughs> well, I am tomorrow. Nice. Have a great trip. But, well, that's why I can't do the second episode tomorrow. No, I know. And everyone listening, you should know that our recap of Fantasy Suites will be out on Friday in place of what would have been this week in Bachelor Nation. We will mention that again at the end. But anyway, Dark Lord Palmer is acting like a meditation coach here. He says, take a breath. We're going to be here a while. <laughs> But he wants to start with Claire, who we all remember from night one saying that she hated Clayton. And she says that she, Clayton was too soft. She needed someone with an edge that can handle her. We see Kira takes an offensive role, says, I didn't think it was necessary for you to shit talk him and make our relationship 
with him start off on a bad foot. And Marlena, she gets a little comedic moment in here. She's like, oh, yeah, you told us you were about to leave. And then I would go someplace else and come back. And you're still here. I, I, to me, these were not like errors necessarily, but it's just a waste of time. No one cares about this. You're attacking somebody for like self-eliminating on night one. Did she stay like 30 minutes too long, an hour too long for your taste? Yeah, she like had a couple more drinks. <laughs> yeah, like what's, I don't, I didn't understand any of this. I thought it was like, maybe you're just, this is like a, a pregame stretch. You're just kind of warming up the attack muscles. Yes. I'm not sure, but like, there was no need to do this. No one gives a shit about Claire Heilig. They probably were warming up on uh, who was the woman who was engaged. What's her name? Oh, Sally Carson. Sally Carson. So for those who don't know, Sally Carson was at the Women Tell All. She got in a, a hot seat. What? Yes. Sally Carson wow. was disappeared from this Women Tell All. They didn't give her a chair, though, just in case they were going to disappear her. No, I think they brought her out. That's what I mean. But they didn't put her in the chairs. Exactly. And they were they knew like if this doesn't work, we can cut it. And they mm-hmm. did. So that was a complete waste of time. Um, but she was there and that's that. I guess Sally's hot seat should be my error of the game then. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even in the game. It didn't happen, did it? It's the phantom phantom Sally Carson hot seat. I know. It's not in the document. I won't count it. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, (laughs) then DLP comes to Cassidy and says, why did you take such a forward approach? And someone says, because she was playing a game. Correct. You all are. And then she says uh, she's just a very forward person. And Kira then attacks her for being intimidating and disrespectful. And Cassidy says she was just going for the guy she was into and trying to stand out in the crowd. I think that's a reasonable thing to say here. And then Sierra goes back into that offensive mode and tries to attack her for being arrogant and abrasive. And Cassidy kind of apologizes here, which I think is good for what she needs to do. Cassidy really is a player who I think coming into tonight had to prove why she needed to go to paradise or that she could go. Absolutely. She was on the bubble. For sure. And really that's like, there's some, some players, the women's all like a serene Russell, for example, you're going to paradise if you want to. And she said all the right things. My, I'm open to love and find my guy in the future. We'll get to that in a minute. But like, she doesn't really need to play. She just needs to show up, praise the process, and see you on sand. Players like Cassidy, though, who were early, early season villains, back row chair, uh, you know, did some interesting stuff in game, but like, wasn't long for this world. You Do people really remember you? Didn't make like a huge splash. You have to make sure you do something on Women Tell All to get to paradise. I could like barely even remember what had happened with the Cassie situation. And then they spent so much time on it here. I was like, this was incredible to me. I thought, I thought she was going to go off a little bit more in the direction we saw in the, uh, the Instagram video. Mm, Right. The one where she was like, fuck you, Clayton Eckerd. Fuck you, Clayton Eckerd. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was expecting more of that. Fuck you, Clayton Eckerd energy, but she (laughs) held back. Uh, but I thought, she did what one would think Shanae should have done during this episode. Yes. Here she's she's basically, you know, issuing a little bit of an apology here. She says she didn't realize she was rubbing people the wrong way. And, uh, you know, that's a form of an apology, at least. Saying, like, if I was doing something wrong, I didn't know it at the time. That's not what I meant to do. And then Jill jumps in and says she was made to feel uncomfortable. Kira comes at her with an attack on her chemistry game. She defends it pretty well, I thought. She says, that's how I approach dating in the real mm-hmm. world. If there's chemistry, 
there's chemistry. Then I ask, where are you from? I mean, you know, to each their own. Yeah. See if you're a good kisser. Then where are you from? I thought that was that was a good, good one liner. Kira, how has that worked out for you? Yeah. And she's even <laughs> self-deprecating. She's like, not so well. I'm single. I'm here. I'm fucking bachelor. So she has a sense of humor about all this. And it seems like she's honest and kind of owning any of the things that she did in the game. And then we got some other attacks. Well, Sierra doesn't think so. She says, you called me a bitch in the kitchen. And Kate also doesn't think so. She says, when you met me, you told me you would instantly forget my name because I look like everybody else here. Cassie says, that's not true. Mara says, it's about respect. You do it for the family. (laughs) (laughs) She's been diesel. (laughs) She didn't say that last part. (laughs) (laughs) But we're getting these things now. This is really where we see the first thing happen, where there is essentially a liar. Someone is not telling the truth here. It's, is that how it happened? Is that not how it happened? And what is the degree of dishonesty here? And who is the most dishonest? We're never going to actually know that. But this won't be the first time tonight where we now have just straight lies being presented as strategy. And then people will either try to counter them or find evidence to invalidate them or whatever the case may be, which we haven't really seen anything like that in a women's hole, I don't think either. It was kind of like... um you know, a political debate where it's like yeah. <laughs> you're just watching kind of this theater and you don't really know who's telling the truth in any of this the whole time. Right. <laughs> in fact, Clues and I came away from one thing that we'll get to that we <laughs> weren't sure whether it was true. We come back, portion two. Oh my God, we're only on portion two. And we're still, we see this villain edit reel for Cassidy. And Dark Lord Palmer asked Sierra, what what did she say that was so alarming? And Sierra says something about her saying like nasty details with the friends with benefits situation. And the she brings up the phrase cuddle season again. And she said this stuff in the, the uh, document as well, in the main game. And so she's mm. bringing it all back up again. And Cassidy says that never happened. Again, this is the second time now we're seeing. Someone here is not telling the fucking truth. This is straight pro wrestling. I don't know what is real. And Sierra says, I'm not a liar. Okay. Then she's basically saying Cassidy is. And Cassidy's saying she's not. So like, who's one of them is. One of them is telling a lie here. I don't know who it is. But nonetheless, we move past it. They they keep in this argument. Yeah. Cassie says, I actually liked Clayton. Love level one in Clayton. It didn't seem like you had a connection. And we saw this kind of, we've seen this kind of attack a few times. And Sierra's says that she talked to him every night and I'm like that's an interesting defense that you never turtled yeah because I don't think that necessarily means 4TRR no it's good gameplay though a lot of 4TRR players turtle yes I totally agree with that but Sierra is also a strategist we know that she tried Mm to mobilize like groups to do group tattles and shit during the main season oh she's amazing like that's the thing. I'm like, I don't know why she went so hard in this episode because yeah. I would assume she's guaranteed sand already. Yes, she absolutely did not need to. And she's guaranteed sand because, you know, there's multiple other players, I feel like, Shanae and Cassidy mainly, that they know she'll do this again with on sand. Mm. So if one of them is going and Shanae is definitely going to paradise, they'll throw Sierra in there and Sierra will be the grocery store Joe of season eight. Ooh, I like that prediction. Thank you. Anywho, they all get into a giant screaming match about the fuck buddy situation. (laughs) And Sierra's argument devolves here into semantics. 
It wasn't about you having the fuck buddy. It was about you having plans with a fuck buddy after the show ends. So yeah, you have to break up with all your fuck buddies to go on the franchise, I think. Or you can fuck them right up until the time you're going in, but then you just have to assume that you will die if you don't wind up with Clayton, that your life must end at the show to have no future plans. You can't fuck anyone during the watchback. That's what she's saying. Yeah, or ever again. She's saying if you have in your mind the remotest thought that you might have sexual intercourse with someone after this experience, then you are 4TWR. Mm. So now she's issuing this new kind of elevation of a 4TWR attack, which is you cannot plan your life after this show unless that plan includes being married to The Bachelor. That is now what she's proposing. Right. You have to assume you're going to get engaged. Correct. That's being 4TRR. That's what she's proposing here. And that will get backed up in a subsequent argument by another player. And I'm like, I don't think you can do that. I don't think this sticks. I think this is an attempt by two players to move the line on 4TRR. And I don't think that will work. Yeah, it's interesting because Casty is sort of like implying that there's like a slut shaming thing here that she's yeah. saying. Someone thought I was wrong that I had casual sex before going on Bachelor. I hate that we're still here, like, as a society. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then Hunter jumps in and says, the real problem was that you thought you were going to have a life after the show again. She backs up Sierra. But I think this might also just be a symptom of, like, blood in the water. Hunter's like, fuck, Sierra's got her on the ropes. Let me jump in and help out. And I can get mm. a little bit of the fucking shine off of this, too. I don't think it worked. I thought Cassidy defended herself here. Oh, I thought she defended herself so well. I was so impressed with what she did tonight. And it was kind of like when she left the show, I was like, I wish we could have seen a little more of what she could do, especially when she started training Shanae. I was like, hmm. Totally. Interesting. So I hope that her performance tonight has led to sand. Oh, I think it 100% has. I mean, they got she got a fucking cliffhanger here. Yes. She maintains here a in this argument girl. that uh, if she would have wound up with Clayton, the first call she would have made would have been to the fuck buddy to say kick rocks. And then she gets in possibly the line of the night. The dick was good. I wasn't going to cut it off unless I was engaged. This was my favorite line of the entire night. <laughs> Me this too. is part of why I was so late is because I had to get a picture of it and then I had to write little text for it to post on Insta Instagram, you know, in my stories. Check those out at Pace Case. So good. I was like, this is like the 2022 version of Caitlin Bristow, who, as we know, is the GOAT. So Absolutely. It, it's just like, it's very hard to dislike somebody who is that bluntly honest. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way another, another player can come at you after you say that. And then Sierra and Hunter try to. They try to shame her for it. Oh, well, I'm surprised they put it in the... I'm surprised they put it in the edit. I mean, it's a great line, but like Bachelor, this is not very a very Bachelor line. No, it's not. But I think it's like a very Paradise line. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the difference. She, and she, that's what she needs to do here. She's not auditioning to come back for another season of Bachelor. She's auditioning for Paradise. That mm. line says, put me on the fucking sand right now. That I'll go on the fucking naked date. Put the have me rolling around in fucking churro cinnamon. Put a fucking python on me. I'm down. That's what that fucking line says. I'm not to me, it was brilliant. I want to go to the python masseuse. <laughs> <laughs> I would do great with a python masseuse. <laughs> Give me all the bystanders. 
Oh, Let me have fuck. Adam. I'll, I'll say anything. Yeah. It was not my play of the game. My play of the game will be much more controversial, but it was fantastic. And then, you know, Sierra and Hunter try to shame her for her indulgence in casual sex, and it doesn't work. And at this point, the line was so powerful oh, yeah. that you get Kate uh. Gallivan coming to defend the idea of having a side piece. The I'm telling you, that line was so powerful. Kate Gallivan is like, uh, shit, I got to back up Cassidy in this one. She jumps to her side and then actually says, the worst thing you actually did was coach Shanae and turn that bitch into a Frankenstein. Yeah, she like makes a joke out of it. That was also a good line, but good she's line. taking the pressure now off Cassidy here. She she defends the idea of having a side piece and then says, now let's talk about Shanae. Mm. She gives them a, a natural transition right to Shanae. DLP takes it and says, Kate, when was the first time you knew there would be an issue with Shanae? And he's just right in there. God, he's good. <laughs> By the way, I hope Kate is on sand as well. Like, she's really good with these one-liners. They're like, there's, she has a million bajillion, like, wholesome metaphors. Yeah, and she knows the rhythm of the, how to, like, kind of move things and shit as well in this live format, which I think will be, yeah, that type of a thing does translate to paradise. But DLP picks it up, asks this question, and... Uh, <laughs> Kate says it was in the first group date that switched it for her. I'm just reading the next quotes and I've written them in all caps. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. She calls Shanae a sinister, diabolical bitch. And then Lindsay says, you're the bully. Or I realized that you're the bully from the bottom of my heart. Fuck you, Shanae. You can literally go rotten Ohio for all I care. I was like... That was up there for a line of the night with the dick one. <laughs> Rotten Ohio, which is, I mean, it also probably is an error because I think that's a huge market for Bachelor. I'm sure they don't want to piss off any location that they might be shooting in, including an entire state in the, these United States. Yeah. And, you know, part of their game is named after it. The I Love Cleveland you know, it's a big part of the game. That's true. They're disrespecting their own game. But Hunter jumps in here and says, Shanae, you are one of the most <laughs> disgusting human beings I have ever met in my entire life. Just in case you didn't quite understand what the group's feelings were on Shanae, we now have these uh, quotes from these three players in a row that are just like fucking. Yes. And now what do you think is disgusting about Shanae? And now what is you you think is disgusting? And they're saying something about where was this energy in the house, which I don't know really what that means. I don't either. Like, is the energy like that you're like talking a lot or talking to each other? I don't know. And I mean, some of this is edited, obviously, yeah. too. So they might even be referencing something that, that happened that we didn't get to see. We then get something that was almost my play of the game when Genevieve stands up and she raises her arms straight in the air. I'm doing it now. So Clues knows what I'm talking about. Thank you by an arm straight in the air. Yeah, she's standing up with her hand raised like she's a school child asking the teacher's permission to speak next. It's so good. Like a school child. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I had to take a picture of that one too. That took a while. It was so funny. But it, she was only doing it because the whole panel of players was erupted in a fight. Everybody talking over each other. You can't hear what anyone is saying. DLP's trying to calm them down. Sierra's ignoring him and just kind of like leading the charge. And then... Uh, Finally, DLP leans in and he invites Shanae to our first hot seat. Hot seat number one. 
they play. I don't know if you noticed this because I know you don't notice the music. No. They played the Shanae horror music as she walked from the chair to the hot seat. Oh, they did. Yes. <laughs> screams. <laughs> Blood curdling screams. Yeah. They're like villaining the shit out of her. Speaking of villaining the shit out of her, I don't think I've ever seen this happen where someone is called up to a hot seat and two people continue to heckle her and not let anyone talk. <laughs> Unfucking real. Yeah. The very next thing is. Sierra and Genevieve are saying fake cry, crocodile tears. They're just constantly attacking, attacking, attacking. And then DLP finally says, look, you knew this day was coming. And she's like, yes, I did. Yes, I did. The other players are still yelling at her. She can't get a word out. And then Shanae calls them fake from the hot seat. And DLP is like, okay, everybody, calm down, calm down. We'll more with Shanae when we come back. And they go into commercial once again on that same horror movie music cue. <laughs> They're really hitting the idea that she's a villain. And indeed, she is. I mean, she's a classic villain in the modern era, which doesn't work, obviously. Like the classic villain strategy does not work, but mm -mm. we're still seeing her play it. It's unfucking believable. It's so entertaining to me. Yeah, we're still seeing her play it, which is like. I'm like, they must have guaranteed her sand, right? Yeah, yeah, I think they did. I think they told her, if you come out on this woman tell all and just like fucking stonewall them, you're going to sand. Maybe they did. But I also think she knows that that's a good strategy to get to sand. Because if you mm. can keep a bunch of players pissed off at you, only one of those players has to go to paradise and they'll throw you in there to fuck them up. Mm -hmm. And if they're all there, they're, they're going to have a field day with you. They're going to give you a massive amount of screen time. You, imagine this. Imagine this. Sierra is dating someone, whoever that may be, pizzapreneur. Sinead comes down, pizzapreneur, let's go on this date. And they mm -hmm. give them a date where it's like a local pizza shop or something, you know? Yeah, she has a date card. He's like, well, come on, baby, I gotta go. It's a pizza pie. They really can use Sinead. She's such a utility player when it comes to paradise. They can use her for a wide variety of things to set up all kinds of rivalries, to blow things up. To, I mean anything, anything they want, bring her back, all kinds yeah. of stuff. They, I mean, they always bring that yeah. person. You have um, Crystal Nielsen, Jordan Kimball, Mad Chad. I mean, yeah. Chad like, attacked people. Yes. He was on Paradise. That's correct. They didn't give him a great edit. They no. said that he shit his pants. Oh, I don't think Sinead's <laughs> going to get a good edit either. Do you think she's going to get one that's that bad? They're going to make her shit? Potentially way worse. Because she's a reviled character in our beloved game. They're going to amp yeah. that up, if anything. I don't think there's any way that they can give her a fucking redemption cut. No. Oh, by the way, something that was completely missing from this episode. Zero discussion of ADHD. Zero, yeah. I'm shocked. Well, I'm not. I think they cut that shit right out. I'm sure it happened. Oh, I'm sure it absolutely happened. Yeah, and they were just like, no, we're not going to touch that. Yep, I think that's exactly what it was. And they were like, we can cut around it. Well, because they need Sinead to be like kind of a fun villain. They can't make her like a person that you truly hate. They need her to come to paradise so that we can like laugh at her and, and have our own fun like tearing her apart. You're right. If she's like really bullying people about their mental health, that's not a fun mm -hmm. person that you can watch yeah. and laugh at. So we begin portion three <laughs> opening with <laughs> Sinead and Elizabeth, the very people we were just talking about. And this argument is about the shrimp war, or as they call it, shrimp gate. And we even 
Didn't we see a sign at some point of Shrimp Gate? There is a sign that says Shrimp Gate and someone has drawn little shrimps on them. Someone. Producers. All the signs are made by producers. What do you mean? PAs. You know what I mean. (laughs) I know, but I always feel bad for the PA who has to do it when I see them. I'm like, oh, they really tried with that one. This shrimp looked nice. Yeah. They tried to get Shrimp Gate to happen. It just didn't happen. It, It wasn't like... It just wasn't good enough. It's it no. wasn't Champagne Gate. I'm sorry. It wasn't Champagne Gate. You didn't have a gif. Yeah. An explosive yeah. gif. Anyway, you, portion three. God damn it. I'm like, how could they have made uh, Shrimp Gate better? And now let me spend half an hour talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these podcasts are actually three hours. Nate just edits them down to one. <laughs> God. Okay, so after the shrimp sign, DLP calls them the wildest and weirdest confrontations we've ever seen. And he asks Shanae why she wanted to come on The Bachelor. And she says she was single for five years. The apps weren't working for her and her friends setting her up wasn't, weren't working for her. So she had confidence in herself for the first time in a long time. And she applied to The Bachelor. And DLP asked her how she felt about uh, how things were going at the beginning. And she says, the beginning, great. No drama in the beginning. Then on day two, everything changed. I would consider day two to kind of be the beginning as well. And Elizabeth and Shanae, she says they were friends until day two. And then she got toxic and started ignoring her. (laughs) By the way, Elizabeth in this line says it's literally day one. And she said she slipped in a little PTC here. She says, I shared with you a story of a previous engagement. And I'm assuming Elizabeth already knows she's in. I'm assuming that because she was such a fan favorite, she had a huge Instagram gain versus like anyone, although it was on the ADHD stuff. So I'm assuming she talked for a lot of that and they cut it. I think they know that she's owed. Right. So I think I like this little subtle move where she's hinting at this PTC and maybe Mm -hmm. we'll get the real one on sand because you don't want to blow it here. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Elizabeth then calls (laughs) that Shanae has a really intense obsession with her. Jill is also one who was on the offensive tonight. She said, I can count, I can't even count the lies you rattled off. And Sierra says, You are a narcissistic gaslighting biatch. Conspiracy town. I think Sierra remembered that she had shamed Cassidy earlier in this conversation for calling her a bitch, and she remembered it in the middle of that prepared line. Oh, you think she was trying to soften it? Yeah, by saying biatch. Yeah. Didn't she call somebody a biatch earlier in the season? Yeah, but it's it's a softening. I think she was recalling to her catchphrase. Oh. Maybe. We'll never know. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's her catchphrase. DLP then says, let's fast forward to Houston where trophies aren't even safe. And DLP asked her why she apologized to the women if she didn't mean it. And she says she did it for Clayton. <laughs> 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 and all the fucking players go nuts. Sierra's attacking her from the seat. <laughs> Really coming off again like a GSJ style leader of all the attacks. And she will, I think, be like that hatchet person, the hatchet player for producers. If producers need like a strong arm to go in and like kick somebody off sand or start some shit, I think they're going to use her. I could see her. I think she's going to have a podcast. I think she's going to have the next podcast. Sierra was built for this game. She is, look, I, because she, I knew she was already going to paradise. I, like her play is not as impressive to me, but she is all over this. She was in, in this entire show. She was in every single conversation. I'm very excited to see what she's going to do on sand. I am too. And Jill and Genevieve and Sierra all are coming at Shanae here, all talking all over each other. Kind of a clusterfuck. You can't understand what anybody's saying. And then finally DLP says, 
What about Toronto and the two-on-one date? What about Toronto? <laughs> she says her strategy was to get the rose and send Genevieve home. She's got some open gameplay speech here. Very nice. And she gets accused of playing a game. Yeah, someone says it's a game. <laughs> Sierra then just does an open insult. Do you think anyone wants to watch the show back and marry you? And Ge- Genevieve's <laughs> fired up. You called yourself Meryl Streep after Meryl Streep after calling me an actress? And Genevieve gets the call from DLP to join Shanae on the hot seat. So we get a reprisal, the two-on-one here. And the audience is howling with glee as we go to a commercial. I don't think we've ever seen this, right? A new hot seat type. I yeah. couldn't believe it. I had to take a picture of that as well. New experimental hot seat. A two-on-one rivalry. I love it. I do too. Dark Lord Palmer eventually calls it back and he has titled it something. It's later on. I'm sure I wrote it. But uh, since I read every word of this. Portion three. Oh my God. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go to I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt. And (laughs) my um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no rollback waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com roses. That's meundies.com roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Meundies. Comfort. From the outside in. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, 
and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Okay, we got to speed this up. I'm so sorry, but... (laughs) I was just so excited to see a new type of hot seat. No, I agree. Bring back the two-on-one. Of course, no brainer. We're experimenting. It gives me hope. So both of these players are thrust into this event that we've never seen happen before in the women's hall. This is a new time to shine. DLP asked Genevieve what she thought of the original two-on-one. She says no one ever wants to be on a two-on-one date. Uh, Good players do, actually, Genevieve. And she didn't want to spend her time talking about Shanae, DLP asked Shanae why she thought Genevieve was acting. And Shanae says she heard her talk about packing her bags and going home. So we know Shanae's strategy, and this was to really exacerbate whatever might have been truly happening. She's like, well, I saw her packing her bags. So I guess that means she wanted to go Mm. home or whatever. You know, that's not really what she meant. She's slightly skewing the context. Exactly. And Genevieve then says that she had a feeling Shanae was going to issue this attack. And she again brings up the shocking nature of the Meryl Streep attack that she used on her because she herself is saying she's an actress, but then attacking Genevieve for being one. And Shanae then says she got when she got eliminated, she plays this weird little mini PTC. Wait, sorry. Right before that, Genevieve says we agreed to not tattle. So I like that they had this secret tattle truce and then Shanae just goes back on it. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant (laughs) villain play. Just straight lies to everyone for her own benefit. Shanae then says after she got eliminated, she plays the small PTC. She was grieving. She couldn't sleep, couldn't eat. And then Shanae issues what I thought was the most powerful attack so far. I don't know if it was if it worked, but this is like she was attacking with all the force that anyone has attacked so far. She says, I'm doing this shit. I'm crying. I can't eat. When you got eliminated, you went home and fucked Aaron from Katie's season. This was the nuclear bomb of the entire episode. Holy shit. It it blew my mind because it's, you know, we don't know if it's true or not. We see what plays out after this, but it's remarkable because it's it's bringing in something from outside the game something that you've done post-season and using that to issue a 40W attack, 40WR attack during the Women Tell All, which is still part of that season. It's still part of season 26. Yes. But she's being she's using an attack from something that happened after it. It is fucking fascinating what this does for the game. But it's also a 40WR attack that people in Bachelor Nation who are siding into DMs and hooking up are 40WR. When it's like, that's the norm. We see that so much. 
So that's why this was the thing that Clues and I interpreted differently. I was like, I just assumed it was true. I knew nothing about this beforehand. And Clues was like, oh, I assumed it was a straight lie. Well, Genevieve even says, she denies it. She's like, yeah, I met him in a bar, but we didn't even kiss. And she unilaterally refuses to accept that she was engaged in any kind of intimate relationship with him. She could be lying. I don't know. I don't know who's who's lying here, but probably Shanae. I mean, okay, okay, just hear me out. Just this one, this one line that that happens. I mean, probably Shanae. That is that is a good indicator. We have seen that a lot. But the one line that Genevieve says that um she says, Oh, well, you slid into Aaron's DMs. He showed me a screenshot. I'm like, showing someone a screenshot like that, like that's pretty intimate to me. I agree. But I don't so, think it is within Bachelor world, mm. especially when you have what happened to Shanae. Shanae is the perceived villain by not only the players, by the fourth audience, and everyone knows that, <laughs> even by players from other seasons, like Aaron Clancy. So what Genevieve then says is he showed me all these text messages with your likes and shit on them, and, and Shanae then has to resort to a semantics argument. Well, that's not sliding into DMs. That's just liking his things. It's like, okay, whatever. It's all the same. But Genevieve essentially is saying that Aaron said, is she really like this? Is she this crazy? Yeah, he said, is she really this bad? Or yeah, is she really this bad? I don't know. I thought that was, it just seemed like a, that's not like someone you accidentally saw at a bar once. That seems like there's some ongoing thing, which I would just assume there is with all of these people because it's festival season, baby. It's coming up. We're starting to get geared up for paradise. They're all in each other's DMs and it's beautiful. And I also think this is beautiful because this is something mm. that's been going on in housewives reunions for ages is they have the receipts. They print out <laughs> pieces of paper that have screenshots of DMs on them all the time. And it's always amazing. I just feel like this is a thing. This type of an attack, I don't think it's good to use because it's going to be brought back on you. Genevieve saying uh, that you're in his DMs. It's like, but you are too. He's DMing you everybody's deeming everybody. You cannot use that as a 4TWR attack, I think, and have it stick. And I think ultimately it can come back to bite you in the ass when it can be used against you because it's like if you're attacking somebody for something and then it's found out, oh, you were doing the same thing, Mm, you're fucked. Interesting. I don't know if anyone is like that invested in Genevieve's storyline that they're tracking. Actually, why am I saying that? Everyone in Bachelor Nation is involved in everyone's minute details of their lives. Exactly. We're sitting here (laughs) analyzing the attack strategy of saying you were my DMs. Speed, take that back. Dark Lord Palmer says, is he's trying to keep up with this conversation. He goes, Aaron Clancy from Katie's season, like trying to show the viewers who might not know who Aaron from Katie's season is. And it, it seemed like Dark Lord Palmer was like, wait, of of Bonsall and Clancy, the dynamic duo, that those guys? He knew who he was, or at least a producer was in his ear. If he has yeah. a little earpiece that's like, oh, that's Aaron Clancy from Kimmy Thursday. And then Shanae explains essentially that yes, and hanging out with Bachelor Nation so soon after elim- elimination is a red flag. So she's now issuing a weird 4TWR attack that you can't hang out with people after your season, which I also think is invalid. And then Lindsay W tells Shanae that she made everyone's experience miserable. Then Cassidy gets in on it here. This I thought was a a good play by Cassidy Timbrook. She says, Shanae, you had such an opportunity to apologize and just nothing. Mm. You wasted all the screen time. And I I thought that that was good. (laughs) That that's what Cassidy sees as the biggest loss. You had so much screen time, honey. You had a hot (laughs) seat. Don't you know what I could have done with a full hot seat? 
I want to see what she would do with a full hot seat. Cassidy knows that she's attached to Shanae. She, in quotes, yes. trained her, made her Cassidy 2.0 or whatever fucking Kate Gallman said in the beginning. Her name has been invoked in the Frankenstein. Exactly. And so she sees this as an opportunity. Like, people are piling on. Let me just fucking cut yeah. my tie and be gone. And she does it. Deftly, I thought. It was it was well played. Yeah, it's good to give one line, but to not get involved in the drama for her in that moment, I would say. And then DLP gives Shanae the last word, and she says, there's nothing left to say. She says nothing. Silence. And then Genevieve says she's glad that America <laughs> got to see everything about Shanae. Not quite America, Genevieve. About 0.8% of America based on the ratings. So, uh, <laughs> not quite. And then she thanks <laughs> God for Shanae getting eliminated from the game. Then we begin portion four. DLP welcomes us back. It's a historic night already, he says. The first ever two-on-one rematch. Uh, he literally calls it a rematch. Oh, that's that's it. That's where he's that's where he's branding the the new hot seat type. How is this not a game? I don't know. Oh, sorry. I missed my fucking play the game. Shanae not apologizing for her villainy was my play 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 of the game. She has the opportunity to do it here. It's probably what she should do, but she's playing a hardcore villain and she's like, fuck it. That's what I'm doing. This to me. You like the art of it. I love the art of it. This is pro wrestling. Yes, this is pro wrestling at its finest. This is fucking, you know, somebody like the Undertaker pretending to be a living dead zombie with magical powers. I love it. There's something there's something nostalgic about it, about the refusal to apologize. That It brings you back, back to the days. I just love that she's owning villainhood in a way we don't ever see. Villains are always made to apologize. She's like, yeah. nah, fuck it. This is what I'm going to play. They drag you to the stake in this game. Yeah. And, you know, whether she's right or wrong in her moral views, I'm not weighing in on any of that. That is her attitude and whoever she's offended or whatever. I'm just talking about this play right here. I fucking loved it. Just to say, fuck you all. I am not apologizing. I'm going to be exactly what I'm going to be. And I'll see you on sand, motherfuckers. Oh, it was great. I feel like that was her attitude the whole time. She was just like, they're trying to get on sand. I'm already on sand. Portion five, we get a... Portion four. Depends how you do your portions. It's either four or five. We get uh, a hot seat for Sarah. She is getting that villain edit in this reel. Even though she seemed like she was going to have a 40RR start. Yeah. They show like a couple nice lines that she had done. I love the gentle giant energy. And then we see Dark Lord Palmer ask Sarah how it is to watch it back. She says that it's sad. He says, opening up to Mara. Kate says that she fell on the sword for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Another wholesome metaphor. And Kira gets in there, says it's a you were using it as a weapon to make women intimidated, the things that she was saying to them. And Sarah does the defense of none of this was intentional or on purpose. And then we get this thing in the end about, you know, did Clayton really cry with her? Because that's the thing that she told them all that made them all think, oh, this is, it's locked up. We don't have a chance if she's getting him to cry. And she says, yes, she definitely saw 
tears from Clayton. Then all the women say, well, we don't believe you, basically. And we're going to have to ask the ultimate Viking when he comes out here. And then we see Sarah wiping away a tear from her own eye. I I wanted to almost give her the play of the week for producing a tear product here. <laughs> a tear product. She had to. That was like her one check mark she had to do in this night. And she pulled it off. She did. That's true. Portion six in my notes. I think it is six. I think I fucked up. I think you're right. Okay, good. <laughs> Portion six begins and Dark Lord Palmer introduces the next hot seat. It is going to the person who got the femp. It is going to our first heartbreak hot seat, which goes to Teddy. We then see her heartbreak reel. Teddy produces tear product on the watchback in the little square in the dark, in the corner, in the bottom corner. Yeah. Gorgeous. She then tells Dark Lord Palmer that it took her a while to trust men. She felt not worthy of love as a child. We have seen this storyline used a lot in this game. It is great for a heartbreak hot seat. She says she dated guys who were toxic. She plays this PTC here. And Lindsay gets in there. You got it, girl. That's like an STCO at a women tell all, you know, like cheering on the person who got the heartbreak hot seat. And I honestly wanted to give Teddy my play of the game in this hot seat because I felt like she played the heartbreak edit the best. She brings up her um, PVC, like, is Clayton going to be my first? And she also says it's okay if someone wants to have sex every weekend. I noticed they cut to Cassidy when she yeah. said that. <laughs> I also like sex every weekend. Like, that's the craziest yeah, amount of yeah. sex you can have a couple oh, times a man. week. Holy shit. <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, fuck. That would be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be like shame anyone if they wanted to have sex like once a month, you know, really go crazy. Your birthday. But Teddy says, I'm so ready for love. She's learned from this. There's praising the process. I know I'm going to make an amazing wife and mother. She's like, this is my hard possible bachelorette pitch. Because at this point, they don't know who the bachelorette is, right? Right. And then DLP at the end of this brings something up very interesting. He says, a little birdie told me that somebody slid into your DMs. Who was it? The other players are now screaming, I'm going to say it. If you don't say it, don't make me say it. And this little birdie was my. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Oh, we learned that this is Clayton's brother. And she's like, but I didn't reply. One Ecker boy in my lifetime was enough. This is fucking unreal to me. So this is the producers because they had DLP bring it up. That's written for him to say. They yes. tell him, get this out of her. This is Clayton Eckard's brother. He is not in the show. Well, I mean, we'll probably see him in the the finale, right? When he get, when he takes them to meet his family. I bet he'll be there. I feel like we've only seen his parents, but maybe. Well, if he's there or not, whatever the case, he's not a player. He didn't ask for this fucking shit. And they just outed him on national television as having trying to slide into her DMs. Trying to... Or, unsuccessfully sliding into someone's DMs. Yes, they're now taking Clayton's bully edit to his little brother. Unreal. Or I don't know if it's actually little. I've just never seen anything quite like this. They are really crushing Clayton Eckerd in every possible Mm -hmm. way here. And then DLP says, Serene is the next hot seat. And Clayton, he says, will face off against all of his exes on this very stage. He phrases it that way. Clayton will face off against that is adversarial in nature 
That is pitting them against one another. That's what this show is. In portion seven, Dark Lord Palmer asked Serene about the death of her cousin and what that moment meant when she talked about it with Clayton. She produces tears and... Dark Lord Palmer asked how it felt when she loved level Ford. And this, I thought, was a pretty standard heartbreak hot seat. Yeah. Then we get to portion eight, six hot seat. We bring in Clayton. Dark Lord Palmer, how does it feel? How are you doing? Clayton, it felt like a dream. Clayton had some real weird answers in this throughout this whole thing. He did his best, but holy shit. <laughs> I cannot wait for the rest of the season. He says the hardest part about being The Bachelor was watching it, which is interesting because what he's telling you there is the edit is what is the hardest thing about it, that they, uh, you know, depends on who you wind up being. Like the experience wasn't so bad until he started seeing how they were editing him. And then DLP asked him if he regrets anything, and he says he wishes he could have done things differently, but he doesn't regret anything because he had the best intentions. And then Sierra steps into attack mode. And she comes at him asking why he neglected all the words that he heard from these wonderful women, essentially asking, why did he keep Shanae? And he's hamstrung here. He can't say the producers told me I had to keep her, obviously. So he says he didn't quite trust anyone yet and he wanted tangible evidence. And then he gets what's more tangible than the entire house. He's really fucked in this situation because the truth of it is the producers cast her on the show to be a crazy villain. And they kept her on the show way longer than necessary or way longer than than plausible in order to put her on that two-on-one and get as much entertainment as they could out of her. He can't say any of that. And the courtroom is bringing a lot of really good evidence. And they're like, well, you made out with her on the table and you kept her after she threw the trophy in the pond. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that was indefensible. And then Jill's like, but you kept her that week and sent us home. <laughs> Again, the facts are just, who knows? And Sierra continues to really kind of bookend this whole attack. And she says, I told you I didn't want you to make a stupid ass decision, but you did that on your own. <laughs> I think you're confusing love and lust. And she accuses him of not being ready to be a married man. And Sierra had one other attack later that I thought was potentially on this level. But I give this specific attack my... Error, 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 error of the game. Too much attacking overall, but this one is an inadvertent attack of the process itself. If you say to The Bachelor, you are not ready to be married, it means the show put forth a bad lead. And you cannot do that. The show didn't know that at the very least. You have to have some wiggle room in there or it's just a straight attack against the process, which is one of the worst things you can do, in my opinion. You don't think the process is already attacking Clinton? The process can do what it wants. I mean, we're just talking about the producers now. They can take any perspective they want and come with any kind of an attack. A player, though, saying The Bachelor was a shitty Bachelor, that's, that's hard, especially if the whole season hasn't aired yet. At any rate. I mean, we also don't know what he's done. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I feel like she was speaking a lot from like, there were a lot of echoes of Caroline Lunny for me in this episode. Yeah. When she said to Ari Leindig, like, I know what you've done and it's unforgivable. <laughs> I completely agree with you. A bunch of people were trying to get their Caroline Lunny in there. Yeah. Ultimate Viking then tells Shanae that he thought they had a genuine connection, but to see her manipulating everybody in the, in the watchback phase... 
and playing the game. It was too much for him. And Shanae says, there are a lot of things you didn't see. And then all the women attack her again. Ultimate Viking finally says, it's frustrating because he trusted her and believed her. And it was the worst thing he could have done, uh, which is a nice victimization play for himself here. I love that line. Oh, I did too. I thought it was it was decent. He did come off like victimy a little bit. But I think maybe he alone could have attacked the process here and said, look, the producers cast her to be a villain. That's what this show is. And they made me keep her. He could have done that here. <laughs> I, They're not going to put that in. I don't, or something. There, there could have been a way for him to be like, look, this is a position you don't, none of you have been in it. This is very difficult. And ultimately, we even get somebody, I forget who it was, coming out and saying, like, I think it was Marlena Wesh saying, you dated 30 people, that's crazy, like, you did the best you could. But here, I think he could have fallen on that. Like, fall on the process a little bit. This is difficult. I did the best I could. Sorry. Oh, shit, I forgot my error. When we're in the first hot seat for Shanae, she walks up there, you know, they're all screaming at her as she walks up to this hot seat. Someone holds up a Team Shanae sign, first of all. And then someone who is off camera says her ass looks terrible. And then Genevieve says, are you wearing a diaper? Whoever it was who said her ass looks terrible, that was my error, 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 error of the game. Mm, Phantom error. We don't know who committed it. Phantom error. Pitt, let me know who it was. I'm not good with sound. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, 
you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. <laughs> so back to this ultimate Viking hot seat. DLP calms it all down and asks the ultimate Viking about his time with Sarah. DLP asked him why he chose to listen to the things the women said about Sarah. And he says he trusted the women at that point that came to tell him these things. And uh, he says it looked to him like she was playing a game. Again, they all are, of course. And he then says he wondered if anyone else was playing the game too. It put him in this bad head space, this bad mental spot where he was questioning everybody. And Sarah says, you know, I thought we had trust in a great relationship. He started listening to Game of Roses at that point. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it's like, oh... I have some regrets. Sarah tries to turn the tables on him and say it felt like you were playing me. It felt like you were the the person constantly putting me back in that spot. And she wished he could have just ended things based on their relationship and not this hearsay. And Ultimate Viking says he felt that he had to bring it up to her. And he brings up the crying thing on his own. He says, because you were saying these things that weren't true. I cry all the time. I'm not saying crying's bad, but like I didn't cry on our dates. Hunter then stands up like a fucking lawyer and says, so are you saying you did not cry on the day with Sarah? And he's like, I did not. It's, it is like a fucking scene out of a few good men or something. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. And Sarah's walking it back. She's like, I didn't say he cried to me. Mm. <laughs> Terrible. She's smiling during it. She knows she's been caught in this lie. And then DLP finally gets it out again at the end of this portion. He said he did not cry on any of their dates. So that makes it official. The official Bachelor Nation stance is... The judge has spoken. Exactly. That there was no, no tear play from the Viking. Portion 9 begins with an interesting thing to have in a courtroom. A sign. And this sign says, Clayton, hang in there, buddy. The person who stood up holding this sign was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. This sign fucking <laughs> made my blood boil. The sign says, hang in there, buddy. Clayton, hang in there, buddy. This sign is written by producers who are the very ones orchestrating the entire show that is destroying his life. And then they have someone hold up this sign. They are manipulating him on both ends. You want to talk about gaslighting? That's a fucking masterclass. A physical gaslight, <laughs> this sign. And that's why this sign was my wowie moment, moment of the, of the week. week. I thought it was so shocking. I had noticed that the signs were becoming propagandistic or right off the bat when they're like, welcome back, Jesse Palmer. Yeah. We all remember who he is and we're happy he's here hosting this live event and not Chris Harrison. And then it even goes beyond that. The very next thing you see is DLP asking him how he's feeling about, you know, being back and all that. And he goes full Stockholm syndrome here. Uh, it's great. I think that like, I have to be held accountable. This needs to happen. Whoa. They got to this guy. Like they're in his fucking head. That's all I'm thinking when I see this. And then Marlena jumps in and she says she's dated toxicity before and it's hard as hell to distinguish what's toxic and what's really real for you. And then she defends him here for having navigated dating 30 people and kind of praises the process a little bit. I liked that bachelor's defense. Yeah, I, I thought it was good because 
up to this point, nobody was on his fucking side. Yeah. It's always good to be on someone's side when everyone is attacking them. Yeah. And then DLP brings in Serene and Ultimate Viking kind of skates around this idea that it wasn't because of what you said. And she was actually the one that made him realize he needed to let down his wells and open up to the remaining three players because he hadn't really done that with her. And she's like, don't worry about me with my walls because I know that in order to get what I want, find my person, I have to keep being vulnerable. She's ready for paradise. These walls are down for sand, baby. That's right. Then (laughs) Serene, she makes this promise about she's going to continue to be vulnerable. And then a chair in the back row screeches and someone pipes in. It is Dr. Kira. And she addresses Clayton. Clayton, I know you got a lot of criticism. Most of it deserved. She's adding some humor in here. And I, But I've come watching back to appreciate your good qualities. And I found myself <laughs> getting more and more attracted to you. I don't know if you're engaged, but if you're not, I'm single too. And this Hail Mary by Kira was my... Play, 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 play of the game. Kira is, we were talking about Cassidy being on the bubble. Kira, definitely a bubble player. She has upped her parasocial game, but she's pretty much silent on this season. And this is the last person I thought would do a play like this. I thought it was extremely smart and I'm not surprised because a lot of her plays in at least parasocially have been really smart and it's how can you not put that person on sand after they are like hey I'm single hey Clayton well I mean I agree with you I love this play she showed that she could be funny and that she can if pushed to it hit a high level of play hit something that is like look at me all eyes on me and I have the stage now and I killed it I thought that this was a, a very good play, and I agree with you, because even in this Women Tell All, she didn't do much to convince me that she should be on Paradise, except this play. This play did it for me. That's all you need. One good play. I agree. Clayton says, I respect the boldness, and Dark Lord Palmer seems as relieved as I'm sure Clayton is. It's blooper time, and he issues a line that I'm not sure if Dark Lord Palmer or Clayton said, let's go! <laughs> Yeah, this blooper reel, uh, it was okay. We see Ultimate Viking prematurely popping a bottle of champagne. There's some eating. There's him getting in a small car. We got bugs, as we always do. We see uh, Sierra has a bunch of little papers on her face. We see Gabby trying to walk on some rocks, (laughs) spraying herself in the face with some kind of aerosol. Oh, Gabby spraying herself in the face with that perfume and walking through it was like a bit of physical comedy that I really appreciated. And I was like, this is, should be the next Bachelorette just from that moment. Absolutely. She should have been the entire blooper reel. She was the only yes. thing funny in it. There was a bunch of shit falling off walls. Russell Peters. Ugh. Nothing funny here that wasn't her. There's nothing worse than a scripted blooper. Terrible. And that's exactly what this was. It was like a fake bit of yeah. like him being like, it was terrible. This was one of the worst blooper reels maybe in the history of the show. Gabby's the only saving grace from it, and there wasn't enough of her to go around, in my opinion. Absolutely agree. Clayton does a little good move here. There's not that many good moves open to a bachelor and something like this, but he thanks Dark Lord Palmer and says that he's been doing an incredible job. 
And then he introduces another blooper reel, which I predicted Dark Lord Palmer as The Bachelor, ending with him giving the rose to the wrong person. You know what wasn't in this reel that I was surprised by? In his season, part of the blooper reel was Jesse Palmer doing an impersonation of Gollum from Lord of the Rings, talking about <gasps> his precious. I was I was dead set on seeing that. Oh my God, you have to repost that. I think it's in my story highlights of season five. If you want to see it, it's in there. It's still on Bachelor Clues Instagram. <laughs> One of the most entertaining things Jesse Palmer had, has ever done. It's very creepy, but they didn't put it in there. <laughs> I was very surprised. That, that's what I'm saying. They want something that's on the level of the like wrong name, not some weird-ass golem shit. <laughs> <laughs> the golem shit is where they draw the line. I mean, they didn't put they didn't put my highlights from that season in there, which were Trish Schneider and Trish Schneider's shirt and Trish Schneider's first oh, blurred God. ass play and yep. her first resurrection and the mole. <laughs> but I thought the purpose of this Palmer reel was basically to let him know. I mean, he pretends to be like, what's going on? Like, he's surprised by it. That obviously mm -hmm. is is fictional that's acting but i think the nature of this reel that it was such a heavy fool edit it wasn't just him calling the wrong name it was also him like eating gross food stammering mm -hmm. a whole bunch yeah food is definitely a fool yeah they're basically saying we own you we'll do whatever we want you you have no power oh you think this was a threat reel yes <laughs> yes are you fucking kidding me this is like, you know how they talked about in um, Epstein's mansion on that island? Oh. He had a giant painting of Bill Clinton wearing a dress. And Clinton would always go to that island. So when he walked in, the first thing you see is this big fucking thing that's just like, I own you. I'll do anything I want. And that's what I felt like this blooper reel was. <laughs> Why would you say that? Your metaphors are like the opposite of Kate Galvin. <laughs> Hers are like wholesome and you're like, that's cute. Like, I wonder if that's a regionalism or if that's a, something she made up. And yours are like, this is the worst metaphor in the world. I want to die now. Yeah, that's what I see it as. Like a very sinister, dark underbelly type shit. Oh my God. Okay. Dark Lord Palmer says... He's laughing and laughing at his reel. And then he says that the what's coming up next is going to blow us away. And he says, put down your wine glass. And I thought this was a missed opportunity for some bachelor-specific <laughs> jokes. I felt like he could have been like, put down your spade and sparrows or your, not manly bands, but what was Chris Harrison's alcohol? Oh, it was Seagram's spritzers or something. Put down your Seagram spritzers. <laughs> Put down your joints, Bachelor Nation, and tune in for portion 10 or maybe nine. Right. No, it's 10. I think you're right. It's portion 10. And then Sierra is interjecting. This was my other bad uh, attack that she issued. She interjects into what is supposed to be the final segment. This is supposed to be only DLP and Ultimate Viking speaking. And she just goes right into it. And she's like, a few of us know how messy it gets. This was the Caroline Lunny portion. Everyone trying to be get that line in there. And she says, who are you to treat these women a certain way? What did they do uh, to deserve it, to deserve that treatment? And it's like, well, he's the bachelor and they, they signed up for the bachelor. That's what he should have said. Like, Lucy and protocol. 
we all know what we're doing here. This is going to destroy our lives in one way or another. Well, that would give him a villain edit. Maybe. If he said Lucy and Protocol, we, you knew what you signed up for. I'm allowed to fuck all of you. Lucy and Protocol doesn't <laughs> just refer to fantasy suites. It refers to everything the game can do to you, in my opinion. Knowing what you signed up for is signing away your civil rights. That, to me, is Lucy Protocol. At any rate, oh. uh, <laughs> he apologizes, humbles himself to Sierra, and he kind of chokes up as Teddy then kind of comes to his defense and says she knows a lot of things and, and she just wants to leave it at, I hope you're okay. He chokes up and goes, yeah. And then DLP thanks everyone and then throws to this teaser. And he says, next week is also going to be two nights, Monday and Tuesday. The teaser is Iceland, falling in love with three women. Susie is so all in. We got waterfalls, kisses, steamy showers. Ultimate Vikings, level fouring Susie. Then we see Rachel, there's kissing. She's level fouring him. He level fours her after the fantasy suite the next morning, and he's doing the walk away. Gabby can see herself with him for the rest of her life. He L3s her. There's kissing, biggest fears, falling in love with multiple people, but it's happening. He doesn't want to hurt anybody, but he's going to have to. We get the rose ceremony where he L4s all of them and says he's intimate with both of you. They all break down. Dad's putting him in his place. Gabby can't believe anything. He's saying tears are all around. How can I go forward if he doesn't believe anything anymore? He's so broken, and it all starts tomorrow night. And then we get the tag. Susie was Hannah Brown, but now she's going Prue style. I know. My future husband, he should only want to be with me. I know. She's pulling a Prue. And I have to leave. That's the Prue doctrine. Ugh. You wait until you get your hometown rose, and then you issue the Prue doctrine. I knew what I signed up for, but I'm better than that. Exactly. These are my values. You can't make me compromise my values. It's a strong play late season. I hope that she does it. I hope we get to analyze that. But we do have a tag here at the end of our episode. Some women are on a group date in Houston. I know this because the very next thing you see is an armadillo strutting his stuff. <laughs> And this armadillo was my. <laughs> Creature of the week. This armadillo strutting his stuff while Marlena is in the middle of a story. Trying to steal the spotlight from an Olympian? How dare you? But he was my. <laughs> Creature of the week. Susie calls it a possum, which I thought... <laughs> that is funny. Hilarious. No, it's not a disgusting creature. <laughs> no, I thought it was a very cute little armadillo creeping around. I don't think they're disgusting, but the Dark Seeker thinks that they're very cute and keeps sending them to me, and it's horrible. Possums, not armadillos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was not a possum. But possums, I think, are cute as well. So is this armadillo. That was our creature. Who was your MVP after all this glorious play? So I also realized that I forgot to do my bystander. Mm. And the person in the bloopers who dropped the tray of food, who was wearing a mask, was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno. Bystander of the week. Only bystander in the blooper reel. That's, you know, you're the star. You're the number one player of bystanders. They were my runner up. This was a tough one. I 
I feel like I'm about to do like a bachelor, like where they're like, Susie, you did really well in this group date during the exercise challenge. Teddy did so well at her heartbreaks hot seat. Mm-hmm. I felt for her. I remembered her storyline about how she had played her PVC, which I hadn't yep. necessarily remembered. She's hitting at an unlevable PTC, the tear play. Mm-hmm. But for me, the women tell all is this last round to get on sand. And so for me, the people that I'm looking at, I'm looking at the cusp, the bubble. Yes. I'm looking at Cassidy. I'm looking at Kira. I'm looking at Claire. I'm looking at the back row chair, really, for like, what are they going to do to make the cut? And the person who was on the bubble, who I believe performed the best, was this person. Cassidy Timbrooks was my... M M M M V P. I had high hopes after we saw her coaching Shanae <laughs> in high hopes from her bombastic style. And I think she pulled mm-hmm. it out in a way that like she could have gotten grouped in with Shanae easily, but she was able to distance herself from that situation. She was able to get a cliffhanger. I'm so excited to see what she'll do on sand. Couldn't agree with you more. Cassidy Timbrooks was also my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. Like you're saying, Hmm. you know, Serene is going to paradise. Uh, Teddy, Fimpro's winner, you're going to paradise. These players, they played well. They didn't have to do much. They just kind of went by the books. They got a hot seat. They said what they should be saying. Cassidy is a person who did not get a hot seat. Cassidy is a person who, I agree with you, was on the bubble. I think tonight's performance Mm -hmm. was enough to get her the invitation and slipping in that fucking line about the dick was so good I wasn't going to cut it off unless I was engaged. Like She, I think, came across as endearing a little bit. That line was in the promo. It was in the promo. And it was... She went home second row ceremony. Yeah. Before it. Exactly. Had a rose revoked. But I think she came across as endearing in these moments. And whatever beef she might have had with Sierra, I don't know if it was exactly solved, but it quickly she did not... She became uh, a forgotten target of Sierra. Sierra mm-hmm. was issuing so many attacks and so many of them at at uh, Shanae that I think Cassidy kind of escaped the villain identity tonight and is now somebody that like we do actually want to see her do well in paradise. I think the fourth audience, however many of them we're watching tonight, wants to see her potentially find love. We want her to be redeemed. I think she could do what like a Crystal Nielsen did where you like, you were a villain, but then it's like people kind of forget about yes. the worst things you did. And they remember like the funny yes. gifts that you made. And they're like, oh, what? wouldn't that be great if we had a villain redemption storyline? Totally agree. And then she's teaming up with Goose who like kind of didn't get that great of an mm-hmm. edit either. And then it's like, oh, Sand can be redemptive, and we love that. We love an underdog like our bachelor, Clayton Eckerd. The biggest underdog in the world. But that wraps up our coverage of Tonight's Women Tell All. We will be back on Friday with our coverage of Fantasy Suites, which is airing tonight. So everybody enjoy that. And a special announcement, if you like... I have another project that is also coming out today. It is called Dudesy. D-U-D-E-S-Y. 
It's a podcast. It's a YouTube show. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it's a comedy show that I'm doing with my friend, Will Sasso. I hope you enjoy it. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. We welcome to the we welcomed him and his fiance to the pit. God, years ago. A while ago. I don't know when that was, actually. But you could probably search it. You can definitely search it. They were on an episode of this show. They have listened to many or watched many episodes of The Bachelor and are also in the pit. So I am so excited to listen to Dudesy. I can't yeah. wait to see what you've created. I've seen little like snippets and things that make me very excited. Yeah, it should be great. I hope everyone enjoys it. But thanks again for hanging with us for this breakdown of the Women Tell All. One of the greatest Women Tell Alls really ever. We didn't get to see... The one thing that I was kind of missing was the uh, in the end of the Tell Alls and shit now, they usually give like one player a prop where they give out food to everybody or something like that. We didn't get any of that, but they might have done it and cut it out. That's the thing. I don't know because I know they cut out a significant amount of shit. Here's my guess. They brought out shrimp for everyone at the end. And Mm -hmm. but it seemed like too much of a redemptive, we're saved moment. We want to save her villainry for sand. We don't want to act like we've buried the hatchet. Or the shrimp went bad because like the it was left (laughs) out too long and the whole audience was shitting their pants. (laughs) That's why they had to cut it. (laughs) Conspiracy town. Exactly. (laughs) Everyone shit their pants. They couldn't air it. It was bad. Let us know if anyone has any evidence to produce, as per usual. <laughs> Phantom Shrimp. As always, before we go, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,288 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 